following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. There's been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Back on the first night of the NCAA tournament, the first two of the first four. Game going on right now. Got the NIT starting tonight. Whoopee. First time I think I've actually cared about the NIT. Not that I do a whole lot, but I've looked at it more just because Wisconsin's in it. I've paid attention. And I didn't even know there was an NIT selection show until I Googled it and actually watched it. On Sunday night, everything's a TV show. I should if know you can, that. if you can sell an ad for it, you're going to throw it on TV. I should know that by now. No, you're right. I was excited for the NIT back in '89, the first time I remember uh, a college team from Wisconsin ever making any kind of tournament because mm-hmm. they were all so bad in the '80s. But uh, yeah, UWM made the CBI, I think. Yep. I did. Then there's this Wargle said it last Friday. There's a CIT. I don't know. I mean, I, I bear everybody it. can play in something, right? At this point, I th- if they want a lot, bo- for the most part, yeah, for the most part, because it really seems like it. People that are complaining that the NCAA tournament's too big, how about we complain that there are too many tournaments? Like, if, if you have a successful season, you can keep playing if you want. It's the participation trophy culture that we live in. Well, North Carolina did not accept that participation trophy. No, and I, I don't blame them. They said that the NIT is beneath us, which. Well, and I think that they've they have some guys that are really banged up. Some of their best players at the end of the year were hurt, and you know a couple of them are um, either going to be in the draft or have to make a decision to go into the draft. And I, you know, I wouldn't want to risk something if I oh, was. You know, I think God, their, no. their big guy Baycott, who was so good in the tournament NCAA tournament last year when they made their run to the title game, he's been hurt all year. He screwed his ankle up like the second to last game. He he's like, I, I don't want to play in this, right? You know, it's not worth it. So I get it. You know, this is what college basketball now has to prepare for with the NIT is something similar to what we've seen in college football with some of these lower bowl games. Where if, if guys got pro prospects or, or hopes, um, they're just not going to play in this stuff because mm-hmm. it's meaningless. I hate it, but it is what it is coming. It is, it is what it is. All right, so we've got uh, who's playing Southwest Missouri State. And uh, Texas, Texas Corpus A&M Corpus, Corpus Christi. Christi. Yeah. The Islanders and the Red Hawks. Winner to play Alabama. So Who you have going far. We'll get to brackets and stuff, but you have them, as of right now, going far. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I did a rundown of my bracket today, and I was not satisfied about anything that I picked. But I, I usually do, like, a couple iterations. Sure, yeah. Because it's, and then I look like what I'm unhappy with, and do I really want to flop that? And it morphs into, I, I'm not a multiple, did we go over this last year? I'm not a multiple bracket guy in no, any pools. No, nor am I. Just fill one. Yep. Does the same one go for every pool that you get in? I'm only in one. You are, and yeah. it's it's the one it's, that you're, yeah. you're running. Yep. I mean, I used to get into, you know, somebody had other ones, maybe I would, but I just like to stick to one. I have one bracket. It's all I got to pay attention to. It's like fantasy football. I'm not in a bunch of different fantasy. Fo- I'm in one league. Yep. And um, yeah, I, you know, 
I mean, when I was younger, when we were kids, you'd fill out, I'd fill out 10 of these things, but <laughs> now it's a little bit more scientific. I think I, I overthink it way more than I should. And that's why I haven't won in several years. And when <laughs> I was younger, I used to constantly win it because I just picked Pick. it. It's all you did. Yeah. Pick. I like them. That sounds good. Yeah. I so. watched them four times. I, I know who they are. Right. You know? Yeah. I couldn't, I haven't watched a college basketball game probably of 95% of the field. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Holiday tournaments, Big Ten teams, that's pretty much it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and that's the and that's the thing that's always funny about the bracket is, like, you know, if you're a Badger fan, you're typically going to probably overvalue Big Ten teams in the tournament. Or sometimes you might even, you maybe you'll undervalue. Like, if, you, if you're if you looking, doing. you're like, oh, Iowa, the fucking Badgers always beat Iowa, they're out. That's what I'm doing. You know, I mean. Maryland? And it's no. A, it's the same thing for me with the Big East. It's like I watch all these teams and, you know, I watch Xavier and, and Creighton and, Creighton and you know, UConn. I see yeah. them and eh, do I overvalue them? How good are they? How good is Marquette? You know, all that kind of stuff. So I think that's I what makes it fun, though. Every Big Ten team losing except for Purdue and Michigan State in the first round. Wow. Uh, Northwestern might win. Boise State, John Barry's favorite team in the tournament, mm-hmm. by the way. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> All right, uh, we'll get to college basketball in the brackets uh, in just a bit. We've uh, got a lot of NFL stuff to cover. Dan will run down the NBA, and then we'll run through our brackets and talk some college basketball to kind of wrap this up. Um, nothing real, nothing big on the high school uh, end of things because we're we're removing. Girls State tournament was last week. Boys State tournament. We'll we'll talk a little bit about that, I guess, but. Start with your Chicago Bears going into the weekend, trading the number one pick. I didn't see the Carolina Panthers doing this. I'm not even sure that they were mentioned as one of the major players, but here you go. You got their first rounder next year. Was it a second round or a third round pick this year? And then a, a second rounder in two years. And then you got DJ Moore to top it off. Satisfied Bear fan. Yeah, yeah, okay. I, I think that um, I think they played it well. I think they got a ton back, um, and that's what happens when you are patient and you wait for somebody to kind of get a little desperate. And it sounded like the other team they were talking to the most was the Raiders, um, but the Raiders didn't have the player to include in the in the trade. The Bears wanted somebody on the offensive side of the ball that could come in right away and contribute. And they're not giving they're, you Devontae Adams. No, and and Darren Waller's their other guy, and not he's anymore. he's not enough. And then he gets traded today for yep. a third rounder. So um the DJ Moore inclusion sounds like what is what got it done. Um, you know, I, dropping eight spots. I don't know. I mean, these guys all got different grades on different people. Um, You know, at that spot, I immediately look at the offensive lineman from Northwestern, the homegrown kid, Skaronski, as a possibility there if he's still there. There's been some chatter that the kid from uh, Georgia. Carter. Well, is he the one that's in, in the trouble? Yep. He could slide as far as nine. Right. And he was a potential number one pick with the Bears sitting in the number one slot. So I like the options that they have. I think, you know, I think of the eight picks ahead of them, 
at least three and maybe four are going to be quarterbacks. So there's going to be players at that spot that they're going to be able to pick. Um, and then obviously getting a first next year, you would assume Carolina's not going to be very good ne- this this upcoming season. So it's probably going to be another top 10 pick. And, um, you know, DJ Morris, 25, he's been a good player, um, has had some pretty suspect quarterback play around him the last couple years. And, you know, DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney, Chase Claypool, Cole Komet, those are your four main receiving threats. Um, I think DJ Moore is probably a two. He'll be the Bears one, but he's a two. Um, But they're all young guys. They're all under 25, and there's potential for growth there. And uh, it's... It it looks a lot better than it did twelve months ago in that position room, and that's you know that's good. That's what you want to see? That's good. And you know what? They could pick up a wide receiver at nine. They could trade back again and pick somebody up. So I, I'm not, you know, I'm not certain they're done uh, at the wide receiver position in the draft. We'll see. But yeah, I mean it's it's an exciting time to be a Bear fan. Um, when you couple that with the free agent signings that they made yesterday, yep, um, I think it's been a pretty good week for the Bears. Seventy-two million in cap space, and free agency started, like you said, yesterday as we record this um, on Tuesday. And I think wasn't the first one to break. I can't remember. Was first one to break was, was T.J. Walker? Edwards. Well, okay, it was Edwards. Yeah. Uh, so former Badger comes over. From the Eagles, where he was a tackling machine, uh, previously went undrafted. Now he upgrades the linebacker position. Then you got Tremaine Edmonds that they throw a boatload of money on, and I saw our friend Lauren Cox tweet out that Ed, uh, glad that they signed Edwards first, and before he saw the money that that uh, Edward or Edmonds was going to get yeah, thrown. Otherwise, right. he probably would have been uh, a little asked for a little more, or gotten a little sour. So he comes over from the Bills, mm-hmm. where he's been really good. Yep, uh, They didn't sign him to a second contract after drafting him in the first round. You've got an upgrade, and from what, I'm, from what I read, Nate Davis comes over from the Titans, where he could slide into Cody Whitehair's possession, and then they would move him. Um, Might be a cap casualty. Or, could could be know, that, too. Him. Yep. Um, and then also Demarcus Walker, also from Tennessee, uh, he had six, eight sacks, something like that. Um, last year, he gets three years, $21 million, and no defensive lineman I read had over two or three sacks for the Bears last year. So he they, they get an automatic upgrade along the line as far as getting to the quarterback. So a lot of defensive uh, help, and then along the offensive line where they also need it. So it, it doesn't look like anything over the top. Too spendy, areas of need, areas of concern, nothing flashy, but solid players by all accounts. Yeah, I mean, if you if you look at the Bears, uh, really the second half of last year, they trade Roquan Smith and they trade away um, the pass rusher. Yep. I can't think Who, of his who's name. Who's being paid a boatload of money. Um, Jesus, I'm blanking on his name. But they trade those guys away, and in doing so, the defense kind of went in the tank. I mean, you traded away your, your top. Uh, pass rusher and your top tackling machine in Roquan Smith, so they needed to to shore up those holes. Um, you know, I saw somebody say, "Wouldn't it just been easier to sign Roquan Smith?" But look, you you got you got a pick out of it, and 
Roquan, I think, is making is getting less going to get less guaranteed money than Tremaine Edmonds uh, will get. So you know, you come out a little bit ahead there. I also read that there seemed to be a personality conflict with Poles and and Smith. Well, and I think Roquan, I think he was representing himself. Yes. So you know that, and we're seeing that with Lamar Jackson. Correct. That's a little. Yep. You, you tend as a player to take things a little bit more personal than you probably should. And yep. Yeah, because yeah, think... you're hearing all the conversations yeah. instead yeah. of your agent being selective in what they're going to tell you. Exactly. Um, you know, the, the, the lineman, Nate Davis, um, they, they needed help. Um, the kid they drafted a couple years ago that, that was hurt. Um, Tevin Jenkins. Tevin Jenkins. I think they found out last year that they can play him in a couple spots. Guard. They they really like him at guard. Yeah. Yep. So, um, I don't think they're done on the O line. Probably not. They they were trying to get McGlinchey from the Niners, who ended up going to Denver for a, a, a ridiculous of amount of money. And I'm glad the Bears didn't pay. Correct. It yes. Because I think there's other guys like this Nate Davis. You know, maybe you know still starters, but maybe second tier starters that are out there that you can get for a good number. So right, and it's going to be better than guys you had previously for sure. So, so it doesn't matter. And, and if nothing else, um. You, you get some depth, and competition usually brings out the best in guys. And if there's a bunch of guys on your roster that aren't that separated from each other, a lot of times a guy or two can can kind of rise from the crop there and, and become something. But I, I like the philosophy um, in free agency. You Last year in the draft, you basically went all defense. So I think this year in the draft, you're going to have to lean heavy offense and wisely in free agency so far, they've leaned heavily in plugging their defensive holes with some vets, which I think is smart because mm-hmm. Brisker was really good at safety last year as a rookie. Um, Gordon showed potential as a slot corner. And then they had a bunch of other young guys sprinkled in there. Sanborn uh, at linebacker did some nice things. I don't know if he's a starter, but I think he's a valuable guy to have in your rotation defensively. So, you know, I I think I think short term the Bears defense will will move up the will move the needle faster than the offense will. Um but I I like I like the direction. I like the direction that they're heading and I'm gonna say something that's crazy. <laughs> I I know it's crazy. I think I know where you're going. I know it's crazy. It's it's a little. It, it may sound like a little Kool Aid drinking off of the last week, but I'm probably going to hear, hear me out. Okay, who's good in the NFC? It's just going to say. I think the Bears right now are in a better position to win the division than anybody else in the division. Uh, Detroit, Detroit would have an argument. Probably Detroit would have an argument. Vikings but have, I, are, are doing a reset. Packers are going to be starting a first-time guy, probably. We'll mm-hmm. get to that in a second. But, but look, like, look at the South. Carolina has no quarterback. They're going to pick one. Tampa has no quarterback. I think they just signed Andy Dalton. Who? Carolina, I think. Well, yeah, but still, they still, you know. <laughs> just kidding. The Buccaneers have no quarterback. The Falcons have no quarterback. And the Saints signed Derek Carr, who he's he's a solid player. Um, The East... Philly will still be good. Dallas will still be good. I don't think the Giants will be as good. I think they'll take a step back. And Washington has no quarterback. And um, and then out west, uh, Gino, Gino Smith, 
A 37-year-old Stafford coming off an injury on a team that's so cap-strapped, they, they're giving away all pros. And they're accepting offers for Stafford, and nobody's really biting right and, now. And as good as the Niners' roster is, what Trey Lance, Brock Purdy yep. Part 2, like, my, my point is, this team could win the North and be a top-four seed next year, and... I don't think I'd be that shocked. I'm not saying they're they're like really good and they got a chance to win the Super Bowl, but like you just look around the conference, there's always a bad team that makes a big jump because they get some guys and their schedule's easy. I don't know why it couldn't be the Bears. I'm 100% I mean, with it's, you. You're, you you are not speaking any untruths. Well, and even last year, like and we talked about it during the season. They lost, like, five games by, like, three points. Yep. Like, they had a lot of games where a couple things go their way, maybe a little bit more experienced team, they win those, and maybe they're closer to 8-9 and nine than 3-14. and 14. So, you know, they stay healthy. Fields improves. Um, they got a, they got an in, they're in an interesting spot, let's just say. And with the, with the NFC, I mean, goddamn, Philly, like... <laughs> I'm looking at them going, who's going to touch them next year? You know, they're going to lose a few guys because you always do, but. They're going to lost Edwards. Man. Yeah. All right. That's, I, I completely agree with everything you just said. And, I, and again, I don't know what the Lions have done. I mean, they're obviously still there, like you said. Um, but I, I, I don't think either of the two teams north of them are going to do anything. Yeah, I mean, the I Vikings offensively will still be pretty good. I mean, if you're going to have Cook and Jefferson and, and a competent Cousins, you're still going to be pretty solid on offense, but their defense wasn't very good last year. They lost Kendricks. They cut Thielen on, on offense, so they're going to have to replace him, and they're going to have to play a first-place schedule. So, And they're the Vikings. I mean, this is what they do. They're good, they're bad. They're good, they're bad. This is what they do. So... There's a window there for the Bears, which for sure. is kind of hilarious to say, but I don't think it's completely nuts. I don't either. Again, I'm I'm totally I'm totally with you on everything that you just said, and that's that's hard for a Packer fan to see, but that's I mean Well you're not gonna win it every year, man. I know. Despite your guys' belief that you're in, you wake up and you're entitled to don't it. Don't lump oh, I me forgot. in with those. I forgot people. you're you're not the camo wearing trailer know. park living guy that you talked about last week. <laughs> that Packer fan hunting fishing. Yeah, you're not that Packer the, fan. No, right? I am not. Okay, I am not. I am not a delusional <laughs> Packer fan. Those people, uh, I, they they give Packer fans a bad name. But the problem is there are more of them than there are people like we me. We do have a really weird. This is before we get to the the. Packer stuff, just a little tangent. We have a really weird fan base in this state. And maybe maybe every fan base is like this. Yeah, we don't we know. We don't know. Right. But, like, there's a huge part of the Packer fan base that thinks that they're entitled to win the division every year. There's a huge part of the Badger fan base that thinks they ought to be playing for the national championship in football and they ought to be in the Final Four in basketball every year. There's a huge contingent of Brewer fans that think we ought to be like knocking at the door of the World Series every year. The Buck fans and Marquette fans are a little more tempered, but the other ones, it's like, why do you guys think all the time that like it's our birthright to win? I don't get it. It's weird. That's a good. It's weird. Am, a good I, do, am I out of line no, with not. that? No. I, and it, 
I, I think the biggest, loudest group of that is probably the Packers, just because Packers and Badgers of, of the recent success. Yeah, um, you know, basketball is is going through that a little bit this year because you're seeing a lot of the the temper tantrums and the attitudes and the confidence being a little bit the shook. flipping out about not making the tournament. And I get it; you've made it twenty, however, out of the last twenty, however years. But North Carolina missed it. Kentucky's missed it. Duke will eventually mi- like. It happens, man. I'm not. You're not going to get it every I year. Wasn't, I tuned in, not exp- I, I tuned in, well, not only because it's Selection Sunday, but part of the reason I tuned in was because I was expecting Wisconsin not to make it. That's part of the reason I tuned in, and I'm glad that they didn't because I they just didn't, deserve didn't think to they deserved it, yeah. to be in it. No, they didn't. You know? They didn't. Um, as far as the football team, I mean, it just seems like now that they're frustrated enough that they're, they know they, they're not competing with the big dogs and they want to be, which I give them credit for. At least they're doing something. Yeah, about but it. like the fan base thinks, dude, we're, we should win the West every year. We should win the Big Ten West every year. Fuck Minnesota and Iowa; they suck. We're better than them. We should win that every year. We should be in the Big Ten title game and have a chance to beat Ohio State or Michigan. That's that's just I think the large portion of the fan base believes that. I look at the Big Ten West and I see the Badgers. Not having to do much to win the Big Ten West because I do think it's But bad. you're not going to win it every Correct. year. Correct. And eventually some of those teams will rot. Like, P, like PJ, hate them all you want. The dude's going to do some things at Minnesota. They're going to catch us. And they have caught us because mm-hmm. they've beaten us the last couple of years. Yep. And Iowa's always going to be that rock every, fight battle. Every four years, Iowa's good. It's just the way it goes. Every four years, they have a good team, and they beat the Badgers, and they got a chance to do something, and then they stroke because they're Iowa. I just, I think that one's a little more realistic than 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 the Packers, just because. And with the elimination of the divisions, if it's coming, I, I don't know what to expect because now you're going to have to play the Penn States and the Michigan States and the Michigans and the Ohio States every year, and you're not going to be able to get away from it like you have with the divisions and scheduling your non-conference games. I don't know whether that's coming or not, but. Uh, we'll see, but um, yeah, get yeah. back, get back to your boy here. Michael texted me, and I had seen it just before he did, um, and I had actually tweeted about it about Rogers appearing on McAfee tomorrow, and he just said, "I'm exhausted." That's exactly how I feel. I'm exhausted by this whole thing. Like, you get to the precipice, and nothing happens. I'd like to know who told Trey Wingo that this was happening because minutes after it happened, Rappaport and Schefter both were like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) We, we don't, you know, and that's fine. You don't have the same sources. Probably. I get that. But the fact that somebody that Wingo's talking to can have a whole 180 degree belief or knowledge of than somebody else that Rappaport and Schefter are talking to, that's kind of glaring to me. Unless, well, Wingo's a pompous ass, so, I mean, it's not shocking that he wanted to be first and was more worried about that than being accurate, but... But that's where we are. You think Rodgers is going to announce tomorrow he's going to the Jets? I I don't think he's allowed to break that news. I don't think players are. Okay. Unless they do, like, some passive-aggressive tweet which like a waving goodbye or whatever, but I don't think you can officially announce that, hey, I'm being traded to the Jets. I don't think that's allowed, but I'm not sure, just by what I've read today. Okay. So maybe it'll happen 
before his appearance, and then he can just talk about it. Um, but there's a couple of things that other people have said. They'll he'll feign ignorance. He'll be surprised that everybody is making that big a deal about it. He'll be passive aggressive about Brian Gutekunst, and he'll say that he hasn't really thought about it uh, that hard, and he's not made a decision. It's like you could you could realistically see anything happening tomorrow. That's completely plausible to me, being a Rodgers fan and hearing what I've been hearing and seeing what I've been seeing for the last umpteen years since he's kind of started this weird behavior, I guess, if you want to say that. Um, on the other hand, it could get announced and he could say, you know, thanks for the fans I loved. I would have uh, loved, uh, ended my career in Green Bay, but management had it and then throw them under the bus and, you know, do the whole Rodgers dog and pony show. Um, but I, I, I just want it to be officially done. It doesn't seem like we can move on emotionally. Well, it's always hard for people to get divorced. You know, it's like, but I, I just felt like um, last week Murphy's comments was, oh my was, God. was kind of the cutting of the cord. Yeah, at the tournament? Yeah. Oh, my. What are you doing? Cutting the cord. Just, I'm, I'm, yeah, that's not you're, an you're not, he's not, basically, he said, you're, you're not, not he's back. not coming back. Right. There will be no quarterback competition. Jordan Love's going to be our quarterback. He just said it without saying all those words. He did. And, um, I mean, I loved it, but at the same time, when I saw it, I went, what? What did you just say? Like, I was surprised that somebody in that high of a position actually went on TV and said something like that not in the cloud of uncertainty mm-hmm. as in we'll see or where a lot of discussions are happening, you know, all the, all the bullshit that you hear of that, that was pretty cut and dry. Like, yeah, we're, he's not coming back. We're, we're moving on. This is done. Like, okay. Then, but now we're just waiting. We're waiting for the papers to get signed. We're waiting for the gavel to bang. Well, we're waiting to see how wide the jets spread their cheeks for Rogers. Oh my God! Because he is doing what I guess what you have, would expect him a diva do. like Aaron Rodgers to do. Were you surprised when you saw that list tweet? Well, and yeah, I mean he he wants he wants his bandmates to come with him. La- La- Lazard, Cobb, and four hundred and twelve year old Mercedes Lewis. <laughs> like if like yeah, and it, I think it just broke the Jets. Uh, have gotten Lazard. Yep. Uh, but I, I'm telling Rogers, yeah, we'll get Lazard. We're not getting the other two. No. They're, they're done. They're not even – I'm not sure Randall Cobb should even be in the league anymore. Said today he's he wants to play. Well, I'm sure he does. I know. He wants a couple more million dollars. I get it. But I'm not sure he's an actual NFL player anymore. And Mercedes Lewis, I mean, he fit what the Packers were trying to do, but I'm not sure he's going to fit what the Jets are trying to do. So – that yeah that that whole thing was interesting, but it 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 speaks to oh it speaks to Aaron Rodgers and who he is as a person. Don't forget he wants Odell Beckham. Anyway, yeah, sure, okay. You want a guy who hasn't played football and basically he right. played like four games in four years. I mean, Great. What, what is that? Yeah, I just I don't get that, but it does. It speaks to who Rodgers is as a man and as a person, and it really shows his insecurities and how he has to be. He he feels like he has to be or is owed the opportunity to call the shots, and he wants to have his buddies around him. 
Um, the, few, the, the, the few that it appears that he has. Just in case he gets crucified out there so he can have some well, outlets. I, I think he wants... It, it almost feels like he wants guys in the locker room that if things go poorly, will have his back. And speak up in, in his defense. Yeah. 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 Um, but I'm not shocked that he wants the Jets to, to do a bunch of shit for him before he joins that team. That's not surprising. So They I, signed Lazard, what was it, four years, $44 million. I don't know. I, di- I didn't see that. I, but I, I think that's what it is. So good for him. He had his best year of his career with the Packers last year. But, like, and you started to see people's tweets and memes, and it's and, and you kind of kind of hinted around on it. The Jets put, probably could tell Rodgers, you didn't win, win with these guys in Green Bay. Why are we signing them? Yeah. You and, think they're going to help us? And, and your we've old got guys, better guys. Yeah, and your old guys are you're older now. You know, I mean, Lazard, fine. We can put him opposite Garrett Wilson and, and do some stuff, and he's a big guy, and he'll he'll help in our run game and all that. But, like... Why would we want Randall Cobb, a 32-year-old, oft-injured slot guy who hasn't had a productive season since 2018? Like, why are we giving him our money? Oh, I wouldn't. So I would be the Jet. Like, no, we're not doing No. Like, if you want to play for us, you are playing by our rules. You don't want to play for us? Okay. Yeah, you, you can go sit home, collect your money. We don't care. We'd like to have you. If you want to be here, this is what you have to do. Yeah. But so good for them at least so far. They'll bend. They'll bend. How far? Um Cobb and Lewis well, or I th- Odell? I think I think four years forty four. I'd like to see what the guaranteed is for Lazard. That's a lot. It's a lot for him. So maybe a little bit of an overpay to get him to appease Rodgers, but I can't see him bringing the other two guys in. I, maybe one you could justify, but not both. No way. Well, Lewis, I don't know how many snaps that he plays. He doesn't do much of the Packers' offense except block. Right. I think he caught, what, maybe like six balls last year? May, uh, yeah. Ten, maybe. Right. He's a blocker. Something like that. Um, the Odell Beckham thing, it's like, I get it. You want this flashy dude, and you're like, yeah, think of the things that I could do because now all these jump balls that I throw up downfield that nobody could get on my team, maybe I've got a guy that could actually go do that. But you're not guaranteed that he's going to be any semblance of his former self anyway. You know, it's one of those things that sometimes you hear in sports where, like, players know. You know, like, players know... The fans may not think somebody's that good, but the players know because they know the value that a player brings. They know the, the talent level and all that kind of stuff. This seems like a situation where Rodgers and some of these teams that have been, you know, Dallas last year with Beckham were like, they think like, no, you, you guys don't understand. We know what Odell Beckham Jr. can, we really know more than you do. I just think the guy hasn't, other than like a month's worth of football at the Rams, he's been worthless for five years. I, you know, he's, he's 30 now. He's not a kid anymore. I just don't know. And he's not going to play for free because he still thinks he's the guy with the Giants making one-handed catches. He hasn't been that guy in a long time. Um, so he's going to, he's not going to play for free. So are you going to give another, you're going to pay, him a bunch. So now you're going to have all this money at wide receiver tied up in Lazard and Beckham to be your two and your three when your best guy's a second year player out of Ohio State and Garrett Wilson? It doesn't make a lot of sense, right? And maybe they won't bend to that. I don't know. Like, yeah, we'll meet you on Lazard, but we're not signing Beckham. 
maybe we'll give this dude the veteran minimum, Lewis to come over if he wants to play. You know, it's not going to sure. cost us right. anything. Right. If you want your boy in the locker and, room, you know, we can it's, it's not going to crush yeah. us. And you could probably even cut Lewis and just say, yeah, he's too old. You know, if you if you brought him in in a minute, once you got him in the locker yeah, room, yeah. Um, I t- I will tell you, and, and and I was thinking about this because the obviously the people are drawing the the far jettison comparisons. This is doing right now, and through no doing of his own, wonders for Jordan Love. Because, in what way? Because I think the fan base is is eager. I think you haven't heard the backlash of the fans against management this time around that you did against Ted Thompson for the Favre situation. I haven't True. seen that, and I think people are kind of anxious or excited for a guy like Love who hasn't said anything. Roger started, and I think people didn't want him to be there because they still wanted Favre. 100%. I don't think that's the case now. True. I think that he willingly or not has just been a bystander, and he at the same time basically because of how Rodgers has handled this, endeared himself to the fan base. The problem is he's going to have to perform now. So there's added pressure, but I also think he's starting with a greater public image, if you want to call it that, I guess, with the fan base because of the way Rodgers has kind of talked himself out of town. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I think one of the things going against him, I think we've probably seen more of Jordan Love For sure. at this point For than sure. we had of Rodgers, and it's been a lot less impressive. No question. He's not been particularly good when he's played. Um, yeah, I don't. I mean, no Packer fan would have any reason to dislike Jordan Love. No. In, but the only reason they dislike Rodgers is because of management, how they booted Favre. It didn't have yeah. anything to do with what Rodgers did not, because he didn't act like how he's acting now back then. I'm not sure there were as many fans that truly hated Rodgers at the time. I think it was more towards the management, and Rodgers might have just taken some of the bullets for it. For sure. But I don't think I don't think a lot of fans in 2008 hated Aaron Rodgers. I just you know. think they weren't ready for him to be their quarterback yet. Well, and it was different. And it wasn't it, his fault. It was different. You know, I was talking to somebody at work about it the other day. Like, the the and, I, and I'm not even a Packer fan. And this is more of my bird's eye view looking in, and I think I might even have a better picture of it than actual Packer fans. But, <laughs> like, Favre is a Wisconsin guy. Favre. Wears camo. Favre climbs a tree and deer hunts. Favre rides four wheelers. He gets dirty. He chews tobacco. He drinks. <laughs> he was a you know he's had, he's had his addiction issue. He's more. It was much easier for the average Joe Wisconsin sports fan to wrap their arms around Brett Favre, the flawed, you know gunslinging mentality guy that he was and meant not only that he was awesome and he was I think more fun to watch than Aaron Rodgers I think Aaron Rodgers is a better technical quarterback I think Favre is more fun player to watch so it was just it was more personal I think with Favre and he was the guy that kind of brought him and Reggie White they brought the Packers out of the doldrums you know when when you think about the second act of the Packer franchise post Lombardi, the first two guys it's Favre and Reggie White, they're the guys, and you know Rodgers is a better player than Favre, but he'll never be 
higher on the Mount Rushmore, in my opinion, in the state than Favre will because he's just he's California. He's aloof. He you know he doesn't eat cheese. He's dating Hollywood actors. It's just not relatable. And he kind of tried to buy his way in by owning a piece of the Bucks. A little bit. I, I felt that way too. You know, no. when he did that, I mean, it, it was great. It felt like you're investing. Now it looks like looking back, you're like, did you just want it to seem like you belong here by investing in the state when you? Yeah, I don't know. Really, kind of fit in. I don't know. Maybe. And do you keep that if you're the Jets quarterback? That's a good question. Is it an? Is it truly an investment or was it a PR thing? You know, we may find that out in the next year. Um, I think he was brought in by Lazry. Lazry just sold his stake. So, we'll, you know, we'll see. We'll see. But, yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I think Packer fans should be excited for something different, something new. You I, may, you, I think you're going to have a, tuple, a couple of tough years yeah. because I don't think Jordan Love, I don't think you have the kind of talent on the roster that Rodgers walked into. There's no Jordy Nelson, Greg Jennings. You know, guys like that on the roster. 100% agree. So it's going to take a little bit for the Packers. Yes. Um, Just a couple of notes. Uh, Also, they restructured Bakhtiari's deal. Uh, There was kind of a mention that they did that and like maybe they'd send both of them to New York. I don't really see that happening. Um, He kind of had to do that, though. I mean, he was just making so much money and he'd been so unavailable. Yes. Um, and then they re-signed Keyshawn Nixon. It's only one-year deal, six million. It's the they've it's the best returner they've had since Desmond Howard. He was an All-Pro, Pro Bowler last year. Led the league in both kickoff returns and kickoff return yardage. Um, to me, that's a no-brainer. I don't know what his status is beyond next year, but I'm sure Basachi is thrilled. He's got he's got a viable guy back there. Um, I don't know if they're going to be able to use him in the defensive backfield or not. But uh, regardless, that's that's really the only. The only thing that Green Bay has done in the first 48 hours of free well, I mean, agency. that's not too shocking. It's not. It's not. But every year I kind of hope. Ultra, ultra conservative. Very. Yeah. Very well. Then, yes. Um, all right. So that's I, – I don't have anything else on the Packers unless you do. No. Um, nope. A couple of big deals um, in the NFL, some trades. You mentioned Carr going – uh, to the Saints, and then the Raiders just signed uh, Jimmy G. Yep. Um, Miami traded for uh, Jalen Ramsey, which made John Barry very happy. Um, but you kind of need it if you're going to be in that division. They're they're loading up, and they're they're trying to go for it. They're trying to compete with Buffalo. I I give them credit. Good for them. Yep. It's probably the most excited the fan base could be. But again, you have a problem under center. You do. You, you do. Just do. Yep. And no matter how many deals you can make, it's not going to overshadow that at the end of the day. It's just not. Not if he can't stay on the field. No. I see they they all they did sign um, Mike White, the Jets oh, yeah. backup, who who played I think played well against them when he when he had to come in for Zach Wilson. So they got a little little better insurance maybe than they had last year, but yeah, it's still all on Tua. I didn't see that they restructured the Deshaun Watson deal. Yeah, I didn't read really much about it. I, it, I I just was wondering what kind of effect that will have on the Lamar Jackson negotiations, if any at all. Hmm. You know, um, because, and I don't know, I'm not super into the the contracts and how they work in the mm-hmm. NFL, but 
when you restructure, does that touch? Can you touch guaranteed money in a restructure or no? You you convert it into a signing bonus instead of a, a something else bonus, but I don't think so. But it it adds it adds money to the back end of the deal, so it takes away money at the forefront. You still get your guaranteed money. But it's later on, okay. and, and, a, and a large chunk of that is then given to you up front as well. Because it sounded like with with Jackson in the Ravens, the the sticking point was the guaranteed money, and he wanted to be guaranteed basically at what Watson was guaranteed. So I didn't know if if Watson's guaranteed number comes down, does that help Baltimore and Lamar get together? But I guess we'll have to wait. Probably and see. in the near future, but it's probably something like Rogers. I mean, it's like we owe him now. What's the guaranteed number is just astronomical in the last couple of years of his deal. Right. He's still going to get it, but we waited this long and kicked the can down the road just to get, keep us fluid up until now. And now it's like Jesus Christ. Yeah, how much are we paying him? Maybe it's a little bit like that. So, um, and I didn't, I didn't see about the Austin Eckler thing either. Yeah, apparently he's asked the uh, Chargers to if he wants to explore a trade. Um, he's in the last year of his deal. I think wants an extension. Um, I, they're not probably apt to give it to him. I really like it. He's a really good player um, for that team. Be interested to see where he ends up. I did read a couple of of people suggesting he could be a possibility for the Bears, um, which. I guess depending on what it would cost you in the wallet, maybe. But, you know, 27-year-old running backs that probably have a good two years left, that's that's risky. For sure. You know, especially when it just seems like you can find these guys in third, fourth rounds. And, you know, the, the Bears are even in a pickle with Montgomery. You know, I don't know if they're going to bring him back or not. But it's like, well, we got Herbert. We got another kid we drafted last year, and we'll probably draft another guy this year. They're just It's like running back factories. You know, these guys kind of grow on trees. Yep. All right, that is uh, a good 42 minutes of NFL stuff. Um, let's cruise through some NBA and some college so we can get to some brackets. Um, Bucks are on a West Coast road swing right now. I didn't watch I didn't watch either game with the Warriors, but I read about it uh, the, 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 the next morning. They came all the way back to force overtime, and then the ending was bad. I don't know. Couldn't watch it. Girl State Tournament was on, so the Bucks were not on ABC. We couldn't watch it here. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, okay. I know it went in overtime, and Curry had a really good oh, game. Giannis, Giannis didn't play, yeah. but um, that's all I know. Okay. Um, they again, they lost an OT, and then they went to Sacramento and they beat the Kings. And Brooke Lopez got tossed out of the game with 15 seconds to go. I don't know anything about. It was a great game. Was um, it? I, I watched almost the whole thing. What time did it end? Uh, about 11:30. Okay. Um, Giannis went off 46 yep. and 10. I think he had. They had no prayer of guarding him. It was a weird game. Like, Sacramento was up big in the first half. Bucks kind of reeled him in. Then Sacramento went up. Bucks reeled him in. Bucks took the lead. Then the Bucks went up. And then Sacramento reeled them back in. Um, that's a that's a really fun team to watch, the Kings. Um, I feel good for their fan base. Yeah, well, they have the longest playoff drought in American sports. Right. At, like, 18 years, I think it and is. And wasn't it a couple <laughs> years ago that they were talking, they were in talks to just move the team? Yeah, yeah, they were talking about moving the team. So, it's, yeah, it's it's cool for the fan base. Um, you know, they're a little bit like Milwaukee in that regard, where they're a small market, they're kind of a forgotten-about team, but they got some really good players that are fun to watch. I mean, De'Aaron Fox, 
at 35 last night. Sabonis, who's a hell of a player, had a triple-double. Um, Kevin Herter, redheaded kid out of Maryland, who was on the Hawks a couple <laughs> years ago when the Bucks played them in the in the conference finals. I think he was, at one point, he was 8 for 10 from 3 last night. Wow. Um, I think he hit 5 in the fourth quarter. Um, but it was a really physical game. You could tell that the Bucks really wanted to win because they didn't want to lose the first two of their road trip. Right. And Sacramento really wanted to win because it was the Bucks. And Sacramento the, was the two seed in the West going into last night's game, so it was kind of an opportunity for them to make a statement. Um, it's a good measuring stick. It, it was, and, and it was a very high-level intensity game. Um, Brooke Lopez was taking a beating in that game. Um, had a big old cut over his eye in the fourth quarter. Jesus. And, um, you know, the Bucks end up pulling away at the end, and Giannis is going to dribble the ball out. He's kind of yep. dribbling in front of his bench, and he walks in front of Trey Lyles on, on Sacramento, who, I don't know, I, I don't know what his reasoning was, but he kind of just hacks Giannis, kind of wraps him up, and then, then two-hand shoves yep. him in the back. And Brooke Lopez walks over to Lyles to kind of tell him, like, hey, man, you ain't fucking doing that to Giannis. And Lyles just mushes him in the face and then basically starts choking Lopez and a big melee ensues. They both get thrown out of the game. Um, Giannis says after the game he's going to pay Lopez his fine, which he always got to love. But, uh, you know, it's cool to see a guy like Lopez – and, uh, you know, I know we've seen Bobby Portis do that. Yep. And I guarantee you in the playoffs, we will see Jay Crowder do this. Um, those guys don't take no shit. And, you know, Giannis is, um, Giannis is the star. It, it, it's kind of like the old uh, the old uh, Edmonton Oilers front line when, when Gretzky was, was running the show. And um, Mark Messier was kind of lurking around like, if you're going to fucking touch Gretzky... You better be ready for what's coming I'm gonna get, I'm, you're, because you're gonna you're, you're gonna, gonna taste drilled. it. Yeah, yep. you're gonna taste one, and and the Bucks have have kind of developed that around Giannis, which you love to see. I don't think we've ever had a hockey drop on this podcast. We probably ever. won't ever again. <laughs> um, so the Bucks are forty nine and nineteen, still first in the East. They're two and a half games up on the Celtics, who lost by two last night to the Rockets, uh, which who, who have one of the worst records in the NBA. Um, so Bucks are two and a half clear on them right now. Bucks have played sixty-eight games, so they got fourteen left. Mm-hmm. So we got really about three and a half weeks three left weeks, of the yep. regular season. So we're getting getting down to the end. But in yeah, in the last week, Bucks beat the Nets at home one eighteen, one thirteen. As we said, they beat the Kings last night, and then the loss to Golden State on Saturday at Phoenix tonight. Um, to wrap up this this short little West Coast trip, uh, no Durant yet, but still will be a tough game. Not sure if Giannis and Middleton will play as they both played last night. Middleton played really well last night. What did he get the tech for with like nine and a half left to go? Who? Middleton. It said in the game notes that he got a technical uh, foul. I don't remember. Okay. All right. uh, but he had 31. Um, he looked a lot better. He's been starting now the last couple games, so the Bucks are kind of rounding their rotation into shape. I again last night I we talked about it last week. I looked at this roster and I'm like, they're fucking twelve deep. I, I, I don't know I don't envy Budenholzer having to cut this down in the playoffs, mm-hmm. down to probably a nine, maybe ten, but most likely nine man rotation. 
And um, as the rounds get deeper, that rotation gets shorter, and it's just you're sitting there and you're like, God damn, do you? I know he's got limitations, but I really like Javon Carter. And you know, like last night, Joe Ingles didn't play, and and Wes Matthews hasn't played in a couple weeks, and I think he's back healthy now. And you just signed Drogic, and you bring in Crowder, and yeah, tough decisions, man. So yeah, Phoenix tonight. Home for Indy on Thursday, home for the Raptors on Sunday to close out the week. So, have, have you been to a game yet? This season? Uh, did I go earlier in the year? I think I went to one earlier in the year. Okay. I can't remember. That tells but, you how old I am. But you said you're saving your money for... Oh, I'm going to go to some playoff games. No doubt about that. Okay. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, either seeing them play Boston or the or the Sixers in the conference finals. I nice. think that'd be, that'd be a lot of fun. Okay. Um, around the league... You know, we not much has moved here in the last six or seven days. Um, you know, as I said, the Bucks are still uh, tops in the East. Boston, Philly, Philly is only a game behind the Celtics now, so that two three is going to be interesting um, to see who ends up with home court there. Uh, Cleveland still solidly in the four spot. Brooklyn and the Knicks fighting it out in five six. They're they're tied, and then you got Miami, Atlanta, Toronto, the Bulls and the Wizards and the Pacers um, kind of all fighting to get in for those last four spots. Out West, Denver still with the top seed. Memphis and Sacramento, 2-3, kind of flopping back and forth. Sounds like Memphis may be without John Morant the rest of the year. He checked himself into some kind of a facility. Yeah, thingy. Um, You know, Phoenix is is the four seed. but Golden So Golden State and the Clippers, each uh, a game and a half behind Phoenix. Boy, if we got... If we got Phoenix Golden State first round, so you're talking Chris Paul, Holy Devin Booker, mackerel. and Kevin Durant against Clay, Steph, and Draymond, that's a possible first round. That'd be unbelievable. You could have Phoenix against the Clippers with Russell Westbrook, Paul George, and Kawhi, or you could have the Clippers and the Warriors. So any of those matchups in the West in the first round are pretty tantalizing. Um, then you got Minnesota, Dallas, the Lakers, the Pelicans, and the um, the Thunder and Jazz. Those six teams, one, two, three, four, five. Those six teams are within two games of each other, battling for the seven through the ten for the okay. play-in. So, the bottom of the West is severely jumbled. Um, you know, the Lakers. I mean, the Lakers are. Two and a half games out of the six seed, and they're a half game out of not making the playoffs. <laughs> and it sounds like another two weeks yet before we see LeBron back on the floor. So I, the, the end of the NBA season is going to be very interesting. I just reveled in the fact that they had to – didn't they play in the play-in game last year and they lost? Or did they not even make the play-in game? I don't think they made it last year. I, I thought they made it and they lost. Maybe Which, they did. I can't remember. But I love the fact Jesus. that – how do I not remember? I used to remember everything. I can't remember nothing now. I love the fact that everybody still talks about the about the team and like they pay so much attention to them and they're just not that good. No, it, 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 no, it's and, all about LeBron. It, it's all about LeBron, and when and when he's not playing, it just becomes they're the Lakers. I just wish they would focus. It's, on It's something. like the Cowboys with football, man. Oh. It's like the Cowboys with football. Even the years the Cowboys aren't any good, they talk about it more than any other team. It just, yeah, it drives you nuts. I mean. Like, there are times when I watch PTI and I'm like, there's a lot that just happened. 
You know, I can't wait to hear what they have to say about this, this, and this. And then their first three topics about things that literally don't matter at all, about teams that are bad and things that are just piquing the interest of Kornheiser or Wilbon and they want to talk about it. It's like, and, and then they save maybe some of those things for like the little 20-second blurb in their wrap-up. And it's like, you could have easily gone two minutes on this, three minutes, whatever, but instead you chose to talk about the fucking Lakers who are bad. Right. Why? Well, and that's the thing, too, because it's like they're probably going to be in the play-in. They're probably going to have to win two games to make the playoffs, the regular playoffs, (laughs) and then they're going to probably either have to play Denver or Memphis, who they're not going to beat. And let's just say you beat one of them. Then you got to beat the Clippers. Or Golden State. And then you got to beat Phoenix. It's like they're not beating all. And then you got to beat whoever. Like, you think they're beating the Bucks? Like, come on. This team has no shot. I just wish that they would kind of, you yes. know, put them. You don't have to, like, completely not talk about them, but talk about them like you talk about Dallas. Yeah, they got a couple of high profile players, but their team's not very good. They're not going to win anything. Right. You know, give, give Memphis and Sacramento and Denver their due. Because they lo- don't get it. I'd love for them to talk about the Kings. Talk I mean, about the Kings. Not only do yeah. I not watch any West Coast basketball because their games are played at 8.30 and 9 o'clock, but like, I'd like to hear about a feel-good story about somebody who's finally good for the first time in forever. But when you watch their team, you know all their guys. The Lakers? No, the Kings. You know who De'Aaron Fox is. You know who Sabonis is. You know who Harrison Barnes is. You most, you know, If you're a Buck fan, you know who Herder is. I mean, you're... They have recognizable guys that if you're an NBA fan or a college basketball fan, you know all these guys because they're all under 30 years old. We've we've watched them in college, and now they're finally together in a good system, and they're playing well. And that's, you know, are they going to win the title? No. Are they going to make it out of the West? No. Could they make the conference finals? Yeah. Yeah. I think if they got to the conference finals and played Denver, I think that'd be cool as shit. Or or what if they played Memphis? What if it was Memphis and Sacramento in the Western Finals, and it's the Bucks and the Cavs? I'm sure, the NBA would just—I mean, hate it. Yeah, but I'd love it. It'd be great. But but you'd have Giannis, you'd have Jokic, you'd, you'd have all the guys I just talked about, and then whoever the other East team was. So the players would still be there. It's just the market is is not the glamour ones that that they would like. But That's all they want, not that I give a shit. Uh, I saw you had a note about Damian Lillard. Yeah, I just was watching a, a clip of him on on, an uh, on JJ Reddick's podcast, yeah. and he was talking about the NBA just not going in a good direction right now. And it was interesting to hear him. You know, he talked about the lack of um, the lack of veterans in the league, and it's something that I've heard older players talk about over the last few years. You know, when and, and Lillard said like when he came into the league. 10, 11 years ago, he had, like, two guys on his team that were almost 40. Like, real legitimate veteran guys that weren't stars. You know, you could say, well, LeBron, Chris Paul, those guys, those guys are superstars. Those guys have always been superstars. They're not taking the time to teach 21-year-old Damian Lillard the ropes. What they're missing is the, you know, the, the Zaza Pachulia kind of guy who's like, I've been on six teams. I've played in multiple countries. I'm married. I have children. 
I, I have a bank. I know how to manage my checkbook. Like all this stuff that these kids, these 18, 19 year old kids don't know. And like Lillard said, he goes, and to make matters worse, they, they, they're telling these guys it's your team and they're not ready for it. And nobody's there to help them along. And, and, and then the other thing he talked about was just this over, overindulgence in ring culture in basketball. That's the clip that I saw on Twitter, and I, I saw some people that aren't really big sports fans or basketball fans, and they said that they really admired what he said um, and that, uh, that that was kind of a, a refreshing thing to hear. I hope he stays in Portland um, for his whole career. I think it'd be great for their fan base. Um, if there was a superstar that the Bucks could go get without completely wrecking their team, um, I would love it for to be Dame Lillard. I've always liked Dame a lot. Um, you know, he came out of Weber State. Nobody really knew who he was. Um, has turned himself into one of the best point guards of all time. Um, it seems like a good guy, but you know, he the the question of are you going to leave? And we're asking this because. We think you need to win a title to validate yep. your career in our eyes. He's basically calling bullshit on it, which he, which is admirable. And, you know, like he said, if you leave and you win, you take shit for taking the easy way. Yep. If you leave and you lose, you take shit for losing. Because you're no good. If you stay, you take shit because you haven't won a ring. So at the end of the day... Who gives a shit what any of these outside people think? And and he basically just said, I have a close-knit group of people that are my friends and family, and that's who I care about, and that's whose opinion I care about. And and uh, it was just kind of refreshing to hear that because so many of these basketball players now in the NBA, they're, they're, they're chasing a ghost. Right. And the ghost is Michael Jordan or, or Kobe Bryant, and it's this quest to get to you know four, five, six rings where it's like, you know what, though? You know why those guys got that? Because they weren't jumping around. They weren't always looking for the next best thing or the grass always being greener. They were able to bring people in around them. And have they, a little staying power. And, and, and their greatness elevated everybody around them. And, you know, look, Dame Lillard is a six-foot, maybe two guard. It's hard for a guard to do that. It just is. Giannis can do it because he's so big. You know, Jordan and Kobe, those guys were six foot six, six foot seven, and they were two the two of the four greatest scorers ever. So it's hard to compare that, but I don't know. I just I just found it as a as a kind of a refreshing thing to hear and and you know, from a guy who now is into his thirties and is seeing the end of the tunnel and is looking back at some of these twenty year olds that are joining his team and now it's like, Well, I'm the vet and I really shouldn't be the vet. We should have a guy four, five, six years older than me that's the vet, but I got to do it. So, just interesting. Okay. Uh, let's move to college hoops. Quickly, we're closing in on the hour mark uh, already. Uh, Badgers are in the NIT. They get knocked out by Ohio State. We talked to Wargle uh, last week, and he was just not not satisfied and not happy with the way that the Badgers came out flat against the Buckeyes, 18 points at the half, um, just not ready to play. Ohio State damn near gave them the game. Mm-hmm. They tried. Close, couldn't close it out. They were trying. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I mean, Wall banked in a three from the left wing with like two minutes to go or 90 seconds or something. It was just something absolutely crazy because um, the Badgers suddenly caught fire. But uh, Ohio State hangs on, and now Wisconsin uh, in the NIT for the first time since 1996. And that was when they beat Manhattan, who was apparently, I read today, was coached by Fran Fraschilla. Mm-hmm who's apparently doing the commentary tonight mm. for the Badgers and Bradley. Gotcha. Uh, last time those two teams played was 07, did I read? Maybe, or maybe it was earlier than that. But they were in the field, how, or no, I can't remember. Last time they played in Madison was 1926, and they played at something called the Red Gym. Hmm. I don't know what that is, but they had a rendering of it on Twitter. I thought that was interesting. Hmm. But somebody else had said, maybe they should play this game in the field house, maybe get a little better atmosphere since... Probably nobody's going to give well, a shit. I don't know who the hell's going to a game at 8.30 at night. For an NIT game. Yeah. No. I, I, this is probably the worst like hour of the year of the season for guard was the, uh, the pregame and the first half of the Ohio State game because either you didn't have your guys ready to go or they had packed it in. And I think it was more of the latter. That's what I would guess. I, I think the I think that team was demoralized after, um, you know, they lose to Rutgers by one. They blow the Michigan game. You lose to Purdue by two. I think they. I think mentally they were just fried. I really do. And I think I think the second half was a combination of them showing some pride and, like you said, Ohio State helping them out because the the, the final score of that game was much closer than the actual game. I mean, they end up losing by nine. It was really more of a 15-18 point game. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I mean, they got a lot of, lot of, lot of people shooting arrows at guard. Um, they're going to have to hit the transfer portal hard. But are they going to get more guys that aren't Big Ten guys like you had mentioned a couple weeks ago? I don't know. Are they going to get more Kamari McGee's? I don't know. I think it's going to be interesting to see if Wall decides to use his COVID year and come back. Um which, if I were the Badgers, I would not want that. Um, I think I, I told you in the car a couple of weeks ago going to a game, I will not be surprised at all to see Hepburn. Chucky Hepburn's name in the transfer portal. I told a couple people you had said that, and they were like, really? Yep. And But I told them what you had said and why, and it's like, and, and we, I'm wearing a Badger hoodie, as fans, the fan base, we've gotten really good at running players out of town. Just because it's the quarterback and the point guard, man, the the last the, three, yeah, quarterbacks, and they're like, oh, I didn't even think about that, and now it's it's kind of the same thing. Look at all the Badgers who have left, and granted, there was some of that inner turmoil with the assistant coach, and that went over. There was kind of a mass exodus of people, and yeah. that didn't turn out very well for really anybody. I mean, it turned out better for the Badgers, kind of uh, addition by subtraction. But people have gotten loud as the Badger fan base. And players, I guess for the most part, I don't need this shit. You know, I'm gonna go somewhere. Maybe somebody appreciates me, and I'm allowing myself to maybe. Well, I just, grow, maybe grow I just want to play basketball. Right. Don't want to. You know. Deal with all I mean, this. I'm no. I'm not the biggest Chucky Hepburn fan. I don't love his game, but I think that he was put in a lot of very, very difficult positions and asked to do things that he, frankly, is not quite capable of doing. After one year, it's your team. You know, with Wall, I mean, really, and and okay, and I think too much has been put on his shoulders. I mean, I I read a, I read something on Twitter the other the other day reading about the Badgers, and somebody said, um, he if he doesn't roll his ankle last year in the tournament, 
against Iowa State, they would have went to the Final Four. But it's like, okay, maybe, but what you fail to realize as a fan is that speaks to the lack of depth in your program. You lost your freshman point guard who was, let's just face it, he was fine. Average. He was fine. Yep. Um, but but you, you losing your freshman point guard in a tournament game completely derails your season? Right. Really? So... Good luck in the in the NIT. I yeah. I hope you do well. They got a tough team in Bradley tonight who won their regular season conference, Missouri Valley, coached by Brian Wardle, former Marquette star. So that's going to be a tough one tonight for them. I really think so. Let's turn our attention to the uh, to the best team in the state, your Marquette Golden Eagles. How about that? Big t- or Big East regular season and tournament champs. Did you see that coming at the beginning of the season. No. I know you had better aspirations than what they picked them as ninth. I thought they could make the tournament. I thought they could make the NCAA tournament. I thought they could finish fourth or fifth in the league, you know, maybe get to 20 wins, be like a 20-12 and 12 team going into the tournament. Did you think after they won the Big East tournament title that there was a chance that they get a one seed? No. Really? No. Okay. No. Um, I was pleasantly surprised that they got a two because okay. after Arizona beat UCLA – I was a little concerned that they were not going to get it to. Um, fun weekend. I was sweating Thursday when they played St. John's. Oh my God! I tuned in and I texted you, and you, yeah, you were like, they've played like they they played terrible, and Igadaro got got in foul trouble, and they it was just one of those games where they just looked a little bit out of sync, and. They were able to pull it out at the end by two in overtime. Um, Friday night, the game against UConn, I told my dad, that's probably the best basketball game I've seen in five years. Wow. It was high level. It was intense. It was a goddamn grown-ass man's game. Those teams were beating the dog shit out of each other, (laughs) and the referees weren't calling it. And I loved it because that to me is Big East basketball in a nutshell. If you're going to go into the paint, you better, and when you come out, you better check for all your teeth because that's just how that league is. And that was two teams that are our Final Four caliber. I think they were the two best teams in the Big East. I think UConn was the second best team. Um, just, just an awesome game, an awesome win for Marquette. And then Saturday night, they pretty much played a perfect first half. Um, they were just, on fire, unbelievable defensively. Everything was going right for him. And then, you know, you just kind of play the second half out and hope you don't screw it up. And, and they were able to hold on and win their first tournament championship in, in uh, Marquette history. So pretty fun weekend. Pretty fun weekend. And, um, you know, things are things are bright for, for Marquette yeah. going forward. I mean, you've got a young, well-known, popular coach. You've got a, a team with no seniors. and you know, it was announced today Kolick was uh, AP third team All American, which is pretty good for him as a sophomore. So yeah, we're, we're, I'm I'm excited for for the big dance now. Okay, we'll go to the brackets. We don't have to go through everything. Um, how far first do you have Marquette going? I have them in the in the final four. Okay, and I usually don't like to do that because I I never like to pick with my heart. Sure. But I look at some of these matchups. I like their draw. Okay. I, re- I really do. Um, you know, Vermont will be 
Vermont will be a challenge in the first round. Marquette's not the kind of team that they're not going to beat them by 30. I think that will be a good game, but I think in the end Marquette will will come out of it. The second round game is probably the scariest for me. Izzo. Yeah. Michigan State, um, Joey Hauser, revenge game. I just don't like anything about it. I think Marquette's the better team, but I don't like anything about it. Then I think if they can get past that, you're possibly playing a Kentucky team, a Providence team, or a Kansas State team. I think Marquette can handle all all three of them. And then I think at the top of that bracket, I don't trust Purdue, but if Marquette played Purdue, I would be fine with it because they played Purdue in November it and it was really tight and it was at Purdue and Marquette lost by, I think, three. I'm not sure Purdue's any better today than they were then. I know Marquette's better. Okay. So that's that's why I got him there. I have the Boilermakers beating Marquette and coming out of that uh, region to the Final Four. Yep, understandable. Um, any any surprises or anybody going to run through that region that maybe you think could uh, surprise people? In Marquette's region? Yeah. Um, I I like Memphis. Yeah. Um, Again, I think, you know, if they can get out of the first round, I think they have a great chance to beat Purdue. But you said before we started recording, you don't know how good FAU is. No, but but they're like 31 and 3 or 31 and 2, so but I I haven't looked I haven't studied enough of these right. teams which I'm going to do tonight. Um some of these teams I I haven't seen them play. I don't know anything about them, so I want to take a second second okay. look. You know, Duke, they're playing really well now and they're getting healthy. So you know, if, if that was a team that found its way to the Final Four out of this bracket as a five seed, wouldn't shock me at all. Uh, go nor, go up to the south. Um, who do you got coming out of there and anybody surprising? Everybody seems to like the first round 13-4 upset Furman over Virginia. I know, and I don't. I just went with everybody else. Yeah, I don't. Okay. Um, I think because it's Virginia. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people remember in a couple years ago, and they do they they do play a style that is conducive to being upset because it's such a low scoring game, and if they don't shoot well, they could be in serious trouble. But I think they learned their lesson okay. a couple of years ago, and I think they get out of that that game. But I do like Charleston over Saint, uh, San Diego State in the twelve five. Okay, Charleston was ranked in the top twenty five a majority of the season, so okay, they're le- they're legit. I didn't have a twelve five. This year, I couldn't find a matchup that I like. I'm going to take your word, and I'll probably switch San Diego State then out of there. Um, who do you got coming out? I, I went. I was pretty chalky in this one. Um, I got I got the top four seeds all getting to the Sweet 16. I got Bama and Arizona in the Elite Eight, and Bama going to the Final Four. Okay. Uh, I have Arizona beating Bama to go to the Final Four. Um, the, the right side of the Midwest and the West is completely off the rails. I have so many upsets and so many teams not making it just because um, I think I can legitimately, well, let's start at the top. I've seen Miami play a couple of games, and the games that I have seen, they've played out of their minds. I don't know if that's their pedigree. Um, but I think their point guards hurt. Oh, So they, okay. they, they've got a little bit of injury problem, and that's one of the things I want to look into okay. tonight. Because, and again, I haven't studied like you had said either. Yeah, so. I mean... I, I have them going far. I have them going to the Final Four. But if their point guards hurt, that's going to completely switch Yeah, I mean, they won the ACC regular season title. So they're a good team. Um, Yeah, they could definitely win a couple games. But 
I have them losing their first game to Drake. Okay. Because of, of the injury stuff, right. and that's why I want to investigate that okay. a little more. I got Indiana getting bounced in round one by Kent State. Nice. Kent State has played a good schedule and, and played very well against some high major teams. I like that as an upset. I have uh, your boy at Iowa State going all the way to the Elite Eight. Mm. Uh, and I have A&M. Didn't you call this A&M against Texas last week? I thought maybe you had said that I might have. That was going to happen. Yeah. Uh, I have A&M beating Texas and then losing to Ohio State afterwards. Um, Iowa State, yeah. Or Iowa State, yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, and then I have the, uh, Iowa State beat or uh, Ohio, Iowa State beating Xavier. Even though, like, I've watched more Big East basketball just because I've watched a lot of Marquette. And like you had said, you know, when you'll watch, when you have a team in a particular conference, you get to know the teams uh, a little bit better. My confidence is more on UConn than on Xavier. But I, as of right now, I had Miami. That I didn't know about that injury. That's probably going to switch. Um. If you watch the Marquette Xavier game Saturday night, don't don't take the way that game looked. Don't let that factor into your Xavier pick. Okay, because I think if you watch that game, you'd go, "God, Xavier's not that good." Marquette kicked the shit out of him. Xavier's good, okay. and they got a really good coach in Sean Miller, yep. who's had multiple number one seeds when he was the Arizona yes. head coach. Um, I I just think they ran into a buzzsaw with Marquette. Okay. I I. Like I said, Marquette played almost a perfect half. There just was nothing Xavier was going to be able to do that night. You know, shit, that happens. Um, Who do you got coming out? I got Texas coming out, but I don't feel good about it at all. Okay. That 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 entire bracket is kind of, I oh. think that's the one that's going to blow up. Okay. Because, you know, Houston is good, and they might make the Final Four, but I think, the, I think you start looking at Texas, Xavier, Indiana, Miami, those are the next four seeds. They're good, but they're all very, very beatable. So, okay. uh, I have Iowa losing in the first round to Auburn. As do I. That's more of an emotional pick for me. Yeah, and, and I really hope to watch that game because I, I actually want to see Fran McCaffrey spontaneously combust on the sideline because he's so upset. <laughs> or, or I want to see a ref knock him out. One of the oh, two. That would be so I just, Yeah. I'd love either of them. Yeah, either one would be fine. Death or knockout, whatever. <laughs> um, UConn is the team that I got coming out of yeah, the West. They're a sexy pick. That's that's who I got. I mean, what it, Badgers played Kansas in that holiday tournament, and they almost beat them. Um, but I haven't seen a single Kansas game since because I just don't watch that much basketball. Um, I have no real surprises coming out of here. Maybe Gonzaga getting to the Elite Eight. I got them beating UCLA in the in, in the Sweet 16 round. Uh, but then UConn beating them and getting all the way to the championship against Purdue. I got VCU over St. Mary's in the 12-5. Okay. I watched VCU on Sunday and a uh, pretty impressive team. Okay. Um. Yeah, Gonzaga over UCLA in the Sweet 16. I have that as well. UCLA, another team that's they're a little banged up right now. Um, and that's kind of a rivalry game almost. I mean, those two teams have met a few times in the tournament over the last several years. Um, so that would be a fun one. I got Kansas against UConn. I mean, you could really go either way on this. I went with Kansas, okay. but if you went UConn, I'm fine with it. And I have Gonzaga in the Final Four again. Um, I just think they're they're big and they're experienced. I think them against UConn would be a fantastic Elite Eight game. Okay. I think I think that'd be great. Um, 
I have Texas and Alabama in the final and Alabama winning it. I don't like that either. That's why I got to I, I definitely am going to go through this again and make some tweaks. Um Alabama has been fantastic all year and Texas has been really good as well. But one thing we talked about before we came on, Alabama's best player is still dealing with this murder association that he's involved in. And Texas has an interim head coach because they had to fire their head coach earlier in the year because he beat up his girlfriend. Now, that has nothing to do with basketball, but it's just other shit. And you get into some of these tournaments, and you're and and the farther you go into the tournament, the more media you get and the more attention you get. I just wonder if sometimes these kids are quite prepared for that. I mean, this Brandon Miller kid on Alabama is one of the best players in the country, but when they get to the second weekend, they're the media is going to want to sit down with oh, him. Oh man! And if they get to the Final Four and he's at the dais there, they're going to ask him questions that. People in Alabama don't want him to be answering, and that's a tough thing to deal with when you're a 19-year-old. It's a microscope. Yeah. It's like you're at the Combine, and you're throwing all these questions at, like, I'm not, they're going to crawl up your ass. So if you if you tell me Alabama's the best team and they're going to win the title, I am not going to argue with you. But I just think there's other stuff that you may have to consider with a couple of these teams. I have Purdue beating UConn, but I don't feel good about it. Oh, my God, I'd light that thing on fire. I... Purdue is not winning the national title. I had, this is my second version of this. I would switch this, and I I, I really like what you said about beforehand. If, if Memphis is a good matchup for them, and like you, against anybody, it doesn't have to be Memphis, if they get Edie in foul trouble, they're, they are in trouble. You're one, yeah, you're one shitty call for him away from them being in serious trouble against a team like a Memphis. The only problem is I don't feel great about anybody else coming out of there except for Marquette. And like you, I don't really want to do the Homer thing. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that I won't, but, you know, it gives me pause. I have to, like, I have to, as I'm picking them to beat Kentucky, it's like, do I really think they're going to beat Kentucky or do I want them to beat Kentucky? You know? (laughs) All right. All right, that is bracketology uh, for uh, Dan and Josh. Uh, High school? I didn't even realize this. The high school boys basketball tournament uh, for state starts on Thursday. Yep. Wow. Yep. Boys start Thursday. Girls was last week. Yep. Um, I watched a lot of the girls tournament. I did as well. I, I watched specifically the D1 mm-hmm. stuff. Um, but some some pretty good games. I mean, it was funny. <laughs> I was texting you on, on Saturday night, championship night. So... In Division Two, Green Bay and Notre Dame played Pewaukee. Oh my God! And in Division One, Kettle Moraine played Brookfield East. So, Pewaukee beat Notre Dame earlier in the year, but lost to Kettle Moraine. Notre Dame beat Kettle Moraine earlier in the year, and Brookfield East lost to like. Pewaukee and Notre Dame earlier in there. It was like they had all played each other. Nobody had beat oh everybody. God. They had all kind of beat each other. So it was like, well, these are definitely the four best girls teams in the state. Seriously. So that's cool. And then you had in the semifinals, Brookfield East played Germantown for the third time because they're in the same conference. And Brookfield East won all three times, which is really hard to do. I was wondering about considering going in the best player in the state. Is on Germantown. Germantown. Yeah. So 
Yeah. I was wondering about that, and I didn't. I hadn't looked at the previous because I immediately picked Germantown, but I was like, man, they already lost twice to them. I didn't even realize that. So the WBCA All State came out yesterday. Yep. And um, KK Arnold, the the girl Germantown. at Germantown, she was the Miss Basketball winner, best player in the state. Um, she is going to UConn next year. Yep. Twenty three points, eight boards, eight assists, and three steals a game. Finished with 2,458 points, sixth all-time. Um, Grace Grahalski from Kettle Moraine, who we saw last year in the tournament against Craig. Kettle Moraine won the state title for D1 this year. She averaged 25, 9, and 4. 2,294 points, 13th all-time. Wow. Back-to-back state championships for Kettle Moraine. That's impressive. And... To be clear, it's not all her. They have a lot of good. Yeah, well, good they had, they had another girl, uh, Braylon Torres, Torres, their point guard, who was yep. also first team All State WBC. Now, this isn't the same as the AP WBCA right. breaks it down by division, so you get a few more kids. But locally, we had two kids yep. in um, Ellie Majestro Kennedy and Maya Nicholson from Janesville Craig, who received honorable mention. Yep. Um, Antonique Austin from Sun Prairie was honorable mention. Reagan Briggs from Verona was honorable mention. And Taylor Stremlow from Verona was first team. So, yeah, I mean, we got to see some pretty good players this year. Um, But, yeah, I mean, a couple of these girls at the top, really just really impressive careers. I mean, you have have Mike Kelly's daughter, Shay, on on Brookfield East. She was first team for D1. Um, Gary Gresh. Uh, former player at UW Green Bay played up there for Dick Bennett with Ben Berlowski when they beat Jason Kidd. Um, his daughter is the star for Green Bay Notre Dame, who just won their third straight championship. She's going to Wisconsin on a basketball scholarship. So, and there was a girl on Nina who's only a junior, who's a three-time already first-team All-Stater, and is also going to UConn. So. Girls basketball wow. in Wisconsin, the top the top end of it has really improved a lot mm-hmm. over the last couple of years. It's unfortunate that of the five best girls, there's only one going to Madison. Going out. But, yep. you know, baby steps. We, we've run into that. Yep. We have run into that. you got to kind of change that, close the border a little bit if you're um, Marissa Mosley. But, you know, I talked to a couple people that are – knowledgeable about the Badger women's program, and they, they're confident that this woman is... Well, she, and I think she's from UConn, right? Yes. If I'm not mistaken. So I think that um, if anybody's got a chance to turn it around, I think it's this it's this woman. But the boys are this weekend, as you said. Uh, DePier, Arrowhead, Franklin, and who was the fourth? It wasn't D1. Kettle Moraine, was it? Kettle Moraine. Yeah. Yeah, not Franklin. Kettle Moraine, and I can't remember who the fourth one was from the... Uh, from the northeast or northwest part of the state, but uh, De Pere should win state. They're undefeated. Um, they've got a kid who scored like almost twenty five hundred points. Um, that's going to Illinois State, I believe, on a on a, on a full ride. Um, unfortunately, the Big Eight kind of, you know, as Denny Green would say, they are who I thought they were. And Middleton, who was number two in the state all year, um, won. The Big Eight only lost one game in conference. was a was a good but not great team in my estimation. Didn't even make it to the sectional oh, finals. Lost in the in the semis. To lost Arrowhead. in the semis to Milwaukee Hamilton. 
Oh, who I, oh, the, who right. then went on and got destroyed by Arrowhead oh, in the sectional final. So um, a lot of hand-wringing about how the tournament field played out with the seeding and stuff. Um, I think it all worked out fine for the girls. I think we had the right teams where they were supposed to be. Sure. We'll see with the boys. But, you know, at the Division One level this year, not not a lot of depth. Not a lot of depth with, with great teams. Um, Division Two, Pewaukee, best team, I think, at any division in the state this year. They've got, like, three kids that have full rides. Um, they had to beat Wisconsin Lutheran to get to state, and a kid on Lutheran, his name is Con, Con Knipel, Uh he's a five-star recruit. He's a junior. And uh, the Badgers and Marquette, I know, are both after him. Um, Would have been nice to see him at state, but Pewaukee just too good. So, but... State tournament's always fun to tune into. It is always fun. You know, it, you're flicking back and forth. That. Oh, yeah. I mean, the nice thing is Marquette plays early Friday afternoon. Yeah, it's a 145, I think. Yep. So, you know, that'll get over early on, and then I can I can focus in a little bit more on the uh, the high school stuff. But I will be drunk, so there's that, too. <laughs> so I, I could entirely forget that the high school's even going on. What uh, what are your plans? Are you hanging out with Warner? You got people coming here? Are you going somewhere else? What are you uh, doing? I think I got a couple people that might stop by. Right. I don't know for sure, but um, okay. you know, you're more than welcome oh, to swing you. over if you'd like. Thank you. But uh, yeah, I, I plan by the night session to be quite inebriated on Friday. <laughs> Pro- probably Thursday too, since I won't work Friday. That's usually the why not the mo. This of the is tournament. your this is your time. And then Saturday and Sunday I recover because I can't I can't do it like I used to. <laughs> That is a good place to end another edition of the Intentional Foul. Uh, enjoy the tournament. We'll see if we come back next week. If anything's happening, maybe we'll talk tournament. Uh, we're going to get closer to the end of the NBA season. We're going to get closer to opening day. We didn't even touch yeah, on well, baseball. Uh, well, that's because the World Baseball Classic's going on, and nobody in America gives a shit. They don't. Every other, I watched a couple innings of some games. The other countries, the South American and the Latin, they all care. the Caribbean, they love it to death. It's great. We don't care. We don't give a shit. All right, thank you for listening, uh, downloading. Please subscribe, and, of course, please tell your friends. Until next time, I'm Josh. I'm Dan. We will talk to you down the line. Let's go, Marquette. Let's make a run.